0: Hi, I'm Mara Webster with in Creative Company. And thank you so much for joining us for one of our talks today. Today, we are joined by the wonderful Neve Olgar to talk all about the second season of HBO Max's Raised by Wolves. And I wanted to start by jumping back to your initial development and the way that you shaped this character, because when you first sent off an audition tape, you not only sent a scene of yourself, you know, performing the scenes, but also a separate one of you boxing. And a lot of that came from the way that Ridley Scott very frequently builds his characters. And I was actually interested in how that then translates over to the way that you developed Sue as a character in the series because even when there's instances where she's not necessarily in the midst of a physical altercation there's something about the way that she carries herself and that survival instinct that she has that really stems off of that strength that that it sounds like you were trying to also really demonstrate in sending that extra piece of, of video homework to him so I was interested in how that shaped a lot of traits that you built into her.
1: Yeah, so I had, I think I just completed The Virtues and uh, Calm With Horses and um, I had this like wild undercut and my hair was like bleach blonde and I was trying to get like just a general meeting with Kate Rowe James who was the was, was the casting director and I was, my agent Ollie was like, she can see you now uh, just for, for a general chit chat. And Ollie, my agent, had known about the casting involved with with Raised Bull Wolves and knew that that was happening, but didn't want to, you know, say anything to me because um, they were only seeing people for mother character of mother at the time. So um, I was coming out of the gym and I was like, "Oh crap! Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'll I'll, I'll go and I'll, I'll come meet Kate." And we, me and Kate, were just sitting down in her in her office for like. 20 minutes chatting and she was like ah Ollie was right I think you are going to be right for this project and I was like what and I was like okay I have this project um but I need to get tapes in by like tomorrow can you do that and I was like yeah sure and I was actually flying the next day to to start this project with Brian Cox to do uh it was like a shoot called the last right and we were we were heading over to like Rathlin Island which is his island off the coast of Northern Ireland and I still hadn't packed, so I um, got home. I got sent over the the audition sides, and I got sent the first episode to read. And I was like, "Okay, but Sue isn't in the first episode." So I was like, "Okay," so, but I, you know, it was it was more so to just get an entire grasp of what the season was going to be about, what this series was going to be about. And it was I read it, and I was like, "Holy moly, this is like." I, I fell in love with Ridley Scott as a kid watching like Alien and especially like Sigourney Weaver, you know, she's this ultimate like badass. She's got like complete agency in her own story, and but also we're not flagging that she's, you know, a strong female woman. She's just, she's doing the job in, in the story and it's never kind of like, it's never kind of addressed. It's like everyone's kind of, and what I loved about Ridley's stories is that women are always equal. They're not... They're not just there for like, you know. They, they they have agency within their own story, and that's what I think. As a kid, I just always found really intriguing. And um, so, yeah, I got the I got the sides, and I was like, okay, right, I have to learn this really quickly. And I grabbed my housemate Evan, and, uh I had no basis of what the character was about because they hadn't started casting for that character yet, and because they needed to cast mother. And, and there was a kind of like a casting criteria with that character is that she had to be really tall. And I'm like five foot eight and they wanted someone to be like nearly six foot. And I was like, well, I don't think I can reach to that. But so I was like, I'd, I'd love to read for the character Sue. And um, so I did I did the tape. And because it was all I had for the character, just, you know, description was just in that scene of someone who's pretending to be someone else and also living with this, you know, living with someone that she loves, but is also, is quite like, she's, you know, she's got a lot of things going on. She's like, she's struggling with faith. And she's also struggling with this like person that she doesn't know if she can trust anymore, but ultimately has to make this big sacrifice. So, and, and me being like a huge fan of Ridley, I was like, you know, I love G.I. Jane. I love, (laughs) I love aliens. I was like, there must be, like a physical contribution that I can showcase to kind of help me get in this casting door and get my tape seen. So I was like, Evan, come down to the gym and we're just gonna shoot some uh just like me working with one of the guys out there, you know, doing some boxing on the pads and I'll just send that with it. It wasn't asked. I just kind of thought if we can kind of show that like I can I have like a, a you know a physical grounding in something um and it's you know it's like an extension of me in some way um and so I sent that over and I was in a really lucky position because I don't think I don't think they actually saw anyone else for the character of Sue so I kind of had this amazing kind of creative leeway to make her my own really and um yeah, and then I, I I got the call when I was on Rathlin Island with Brian Cox to say that um, yes, yeah, so that really really wants to 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 work with you. So I, di- I did about I think I needed another tape because the first tape they wanted it in like a they wanted an RP accent. Uh, they were fi- they were figuring out where each of the colonies were going to be from. So the first was like RP, and then the second time they were like, "Can you do it uh, do it in American accent?" So it was just those two tapes, and then. So i never i never met him until i got to south africa which was about uh three months later and uh yeah and uh <laughs> and when we, i met him on set I'm like, at the time i was like covered in all like these gauzes that the characters just it was a, for, the first to she was a scene where she's just had all like the plastic surgery done so and. Um, it was very weird to meet Ridley Scott and have your have a mask of all like these surgical gauzes on your face and you're there going like hello sir Ridley Scott. I'm you know obviously a big fan of you. Um, and I'm uh, very excited. And he's just yeah, he was just like, Look, I love your tape, let's just do let's, you know, sue's yours, do do just do what you want to do. And and he and what I love about him is that he he literally lets the car- he lets the actors just play. He lets you He loves that he he loves not you know over rehearsing a scene. He'll go through you know the blocking of it, but he won't like overwork the scenes. It's like he loves that idea of spontaneity and finding something very organic um, in the moment. And you know he shoots on multiple cameras, so you know you're shooting the the mid shot and and the wide and the close kind of within you know one or two takes, and then moves like he he films very quickly and you know he trusts his what what i love about him is that he trusts his casting directors and he trusts that the people that they've assembled are right for the role and i can't look at any of the cast and think anyone else could play any of those roles like you just see them and you just you know and it was a you know it was such a it was a very family um feeling on that set because you know we are all the way over in south africa away from our family so we did very much bond as as a family while we're right there and um so yeah we're all very close but yeah that to to work with him and just see the to be on that scale of project that was a very surreal moment
0: and i love the note that he that one single note that he gave you in that moment when you met him you know when you when she's got all of the bandages on her face and, and that he just gave you a direction about when she sees herself, she's really seeing a reflection of, you know, her worst it's all of her worst nightmares. Yeah. Reflected back on her. And I thought that was yeah. fascinating because it's such a concise thing that really captures so much for your character. And so when yeah. he was directing the first two episodes, did you find that a lot of your interactions because of what you were just saying about the trust that he places in you with this character were just kind of very small and very concise details like that.
1: Yeah he doesn't over talk and he keeps it keeps it simple um and he doesn't I suppose he doesn't um confuse the, the actor with too much information and I suppose when you have very clear concise notes that's kind of all you, what you need to be focusing in that moment um but yeah when he told me that I was like And I take, you know, and we shot it all as one kind of one continuous take. And then I just like, the character just burst out crying because, you know, it was the idea of like looking in the mirror and seeing something that you hate and you're effectively leaving behind your identity and becoming something else. Um, But also when you look in the scheme of things, it's the idea that if she doesn't do this, she's going to die. And so, yeah, we shot it. We shot it once and then we moved on. (laughs) So we did it once, one take, and um, yeah, that was on my that was on my very first day. So yeah, I was like, okay. And what was really cool was that I kind of had signed on to the project thinking that the character, but the character was meant to die in season one. And so we kind of shot those first couple of scenes, and then uh, Aaron, the the creator, and Ridley were like we don't want to kill your character off. So I was like, okay, this is kind of like a really nice stamp of approval that, you know, we're we're doing okay.
0: (laughs) And to the point that you were just making about the necessity for her as a character, that if she doesn't do that, you know, that's her life is literally on the line with absorbing mm. herself into someone else's identity even if it is the antithesis of everything that she believes in um mm-hmm. and so you've gotten the opportunity you know even going further into season two to really explore these different spaces of her you know who is she when she's completely absorbing herself into someone else's identity and she can't let a single crack show because if people find out then she could potentially be killed. You know, the quiet moments where we got to see kind of like the in-between where she could kind of allow a little bit of herself to the surface, but it was still kind of this middle ground. And now going into the beginning of season two, it's, you know, who is she now that she's been able to shed that false identity? Exactly. Return to herself, but also a different version. And so how have you kind of always looked at the different spaces that you get to play this character, but also what the threads are that kind of consistently carry between even when she's passing herself off as someone else? oh you're totally nailed it there that's great <laughs> yeah and um,
1: yeah it is it's for me for Sue it was always figuring out who the heck she was who is she and she's it's not just me trying to find that out as the character it's like Sue is actually searching for her identity and then in this season it's it's someone we haven't seen before this is this is a very different Sue than we got, got to see in season one which I was really excited by because as you said in season one it's like she's trying not to show those cracks and now in season two it's like oh those cracks are going to open up and we're and we're going to see someone else inside and um you know she's put into very very dark places and that causes her to go into a very kind of dark headspace for the characters so she is in in the season we're finding where you know we're we start with her trying to find purpose in the atheist colony these are the people that she betrayed um, and they only see her as this absolute traitor so she's trying to find her role amongst the colony and and so she's constantly being judged and so I think when you're you are kind of pegged as being the bad guy you kind of begin to act like the bad guy or you don't want to play by their rules and she's very much not trying to play by their rules. But deep down, this is a character that was kind of put into the position of being a, being a mother to someone and she was being a mother to Paul and now that he knows her true identity, she still has incredible bond with him. Um, and so there's like you know, there's, there's, what I love about this, like there's so much going on in the show. Um, and so you you get to kind of show these different threads of the character kind of through, you know, you know, eight episodes. And so, you know, you see bits of her, you know, trying to investigate where this the the source of this voice that you know tore Marcus away from her and caused Paul to shoot her. She's really she's she's got purpose now in this in this season. She's trying to figure out what the voice means and you know she what I noticed is that from looking at season one like when you look at it from the outside after you do the work and you look at it you're like ah she is kind of like the eyes of the audience because she's the one who's like asking the questions the audience wants answered and she's very much that kind of like the straight character and she's you know she definitely begins to investigate that um, in this season and she. There's, you know, this Paul, Paul's kind of life has been jeopardized and she's really struggling to like save his life. And while that's all been kind of turmoil, she's going into these kind of dark and interesting places psychologically in her head. Because uh what I loved about it, what Ridley said is like she's a soldier, you know, she's someone who's she's mentally strong, she's physically strong. Like I did a lot of like physical training this season. and. Um, just to kind of get back into that idea of like I I suppose is like a acting the role of like a soldier and having that structure and and getting up early going to the gym and then and I don't know I think there's like when you feel physically strong it like mentally prepares you for the day and so yeah it's it's, um season two is like yeah Sue's been taken up or not.
0: I mean it sounds like working on the show is kind of an incredible boot camp and this is the longest that you've spent with a single character on a project, mm. you know, going through two seasons of this now and it sounds like shoots so generally you know, the first season I think was about eight or nine months of, of production on everything. And yeah. so actually kind of going beyond just physically what that requires from you in terms of shooting days, the training that you're doing, what's kind of the mental stamina that you have to build for yourself to be able to step into that and really get everything that you need within the character and within all the layers every single day for that amount of time? it's um, a good
1: question. It's um, it's just having the time in advance to be prepared. I remember like Stephen Graham saying it is like how you make something look like, how you make something look easy is if you spend three hours a night before figuring out how how many ways to do it wrong until you figure out how you know what is what is potentially the right choices. So you need to have those choices in your back pocket. So then on the day, it makes it just look seamless. And so we got out there, I think it was in January of last year, and then we had like I think it was about eight weeks prep, and that was just you know we were the, it was amazing production team uh the like the production design this season is just it's other literally so we got it we got a chance to be on the set and see them and kind of mechanically work out how you were going to navigate this whole new world and like my character deals with a lot of props so I had, I had a load of you know sessions with like the prop masters and the the production designers to just get comfortable with those I suppose that you know the props that the character is going to be dealing with and and um, Kate Karen, who's the production or the costume designer this season you know she's because we're on a different part of the planet it's like everything looks different but also like how your costume just informs how the character has like developed as well it's just like that whole breakdown and um, and so yeah it's like it is It it's weird i i'd never re-explored a character before and it's really nice to have also that like you know the, you've kind of like season one is kind of like her backstory and now this is like her telling her story in season two but yeah it's just being prepared as as possible so that when I mean, you can show up on the day and you just get the opportunity to do that and then having that space in the evening to just not be the character and just to to separate yourself from because it is such a long shoot that you need you need that time away and you need that distance because if you're just in it all the time it's very hard to get clarity and what you feel like um if you're doing right or doing wrong and it's 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 i don't know it's it, it can sometimes become cyclical in the sense that you you begin to doubt your capability or um so it's, it is, it's really important to have those down times and just to, to step away from it. And then when you go back into it, you just enjoy it twice as much. It's like, you know, it's, you know, too much of anything isn't always good for you. So you just, you know, balance, it's balance is key. And that's so, I talk like I practice that all the time, but it's like, you know, it's, it's really important. It's just, yeah, I, I need to take more of a, more of my own advice more, more times. yeah.
0: No, but you bring up that idea of balance and and you've talked a little bit in the past about how one of the early things in your career that that was instilled in you was that space of not always looking externally for validation and not always looking to your career to fulfill everything in yourself because Mm -hmm. then you're going to end up in a very one dimensional space. And so what was that trajectory for you of kind of learning that early on and then trying to put that into practice in each project that you do, you know, because you're absorbing yourself so much, you know, particularly for a project like this where you're shooting for several months you're on location you're away from everybody else and so how do you make sure that you maintain that space of you know keeping the validation within yourself and and keeping that balance outside of a project
1: <laughs> that's the golden question um oh, it is that is like classic thing of being kind to yourself um and yeah when you're not it's important to take, it's important to take the praise and to take the criticism in equal measure. And, um, I I know it's like actors talk about this all the time of being present, but it is, it's not just being present and listening. It's also just like being present outside of work so that you're not, you're not constantly kind of thinking about the job that you've just done or thinking about something else that you should be on or where I should be, or I should be spending more time with them. And I think it's just allowing yourself to, to enjoy it. So I think it's it's just, you just need to enjoy, 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 enjoy the job. And if you enjoy the job, I think it's, I don't know where, how I'm trying to say this, but, being kind to yourself and but also acknowledging when you when you have done the work and you have that even if you have an off day if you have prepped in advance that even that day when you didn't feel like it it didn't go to plan that you still had the kind of the basis and the training and the back you know that that homework done in advance that it is going to show and sometimes I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes when you think like a scene hasn't gone how you plan, it's always like I look back at it and go, "Oh gosh, that's actually my favourite scene in the whole in the whole series." And that was the day when all things were going wrong. So sometimes when you think something you've absolutely smashed it or nailed it, as people say, um, those are the ones that actually don't don't stand out at the end of the day. Yeah, it's interesting. It's yeah, it is. It's uh, I don't know. It's something I'm 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 learning i'm I'm putting in my diary to do this year is just to i suppose let go of a lot of uh self-criticism and and um, just enjoy just enjoy being being present for for the job and not trying. and um, because it's it's tricky as an actor. you can't you're you're kind of like the the controls that you have, like you you're you're very much in the ha- you're in the hands of someone else. And you're but there's also something quite freeing about giving over and playing a character because it's not you to a degree. But they, these these aren't your words. You're you're making them yours. So there's a freedom in that. And I think go with that freedom of going, you know, this isn't this isn't my dialogue. So I can be completely present because this character isn't thinking about the 10 other things that they're meant to be doing or the problems that you as a prop, you know as knee pals have to go home now and do this it's like oh yeah can just given to being this person and it's play it's like why we compare it to like play is like playing games and like acting is is all about play and if you limit yourself and put in too many rules or um it doesn't become play it just becomes it becomes a task and a work and that's i think that kills creativity and it kills uh communication and it's all about just listening to people. It's like half of acting is just listening, listening and then responding.
0: <laughs> I really love all of that. And and jumping back to the show, because you were talking about Sue's relationship with Paul and, and parenthood for her, um, you know, and especially because in shooting season one, they're still writing the scripts. You didn't have the entire arc for your character at the beginning. But we got to learn so much towards the end about, you know, her journey and trying to become a parent, the miscarriage that she'd gone through, the trauma that she carries because of that and knowing that she can't have children um you know and then stepping into season two where she's essentially at the beginning being rejected by paul by her child and someone that Mm. you know she sees sees herself as a mother to what was kind of the emotional landscape that you wanted to enter this season in with kind of at this point knowing everything that she's carrying from her past and going through that that space of rejection with her child
1: yeah i suppose yeah she is someone who has been rejected by paul but and she's been rejected by marcus there's a lot of rejection and so she's kind of built up this she's very vulnerable but she's also built up this kind of wall and you know isolates herself so it's it was very much like a lot of Sue's stuff this season is very much her by herself and in those by doing that you begin to kind of read into what like the inner workings of what it is that's psychologically going on inside her head and so um, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, it's like actually Paul. Speaking of Paul, is who's uh, played by uh, Felix Jameson? He's just an absolute dream to work with. Like a lot of you know my, my stuff this season is with Felix, and like I learned so much with that kid. He's like the smartest twelve-year-old I've ever come across, and um, myself and him have this really great relationship. You know, so. I think it's just that you get to push one another as actors in, in those, in those scenes. And, um, you know, he's a terrific little actor. He's going to be, he's just like, he's a little movie star. (laughs) Yeah, he
0: is. And did all of those details inform a lot of the dynamics that you wanted to create in this season, particularly because like you said, you know, this is Sue kind of stepping out away from all of the people and and the crutches Mm. that she's had around her um, in her relationship with Mother, played by Amanda, so brilliantly because, you know, they've now reached a point where there was animosity and distance and it was kind of, you know, I'm, I'm with the group that sees you as the enemy and we're coming after you. And now, having gone through everything at the end of season one, you know, they've discovered this real kinship and connection with one another, which is really beautiful yeah on screen
1: yeah well that's like kind of it's reflective of real life like me
0: <laughs>
1: she's like the warmest person she isn't she is a mother in herself um but yeah it's, it's interesting you have to like flip flip that around and like it's interesting because you like you find yourself in those scenes where you catch yourself going oh wait Sue's talking to an android but she, she doesn't she's beginning to forget that she's beginning to see her more as human because she's beginning to see these human emotions, and that for Sue is very incredibly intriguing because that's something that she's 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 lost along the way. Like Sue has has lost, she's kind of numbed herself to any of these kind of uh, emotions that she couldn't have on display because of the role she has as 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 this soldier that's meant to be, you know, this fighting machine. Um, and has kind of gone to a place where she's killed the this, you know, this boy's parents in order to survive. And it's a very selfish act. And now it's like all everything that she's kind of done in her past, need to catch back up with her. And she'll she's beginning to judge what like her past actions. And so that's like that trauma is kind of bubbling to the surface. And so she needs someone on this planet to like kind of confide in. And I suppose mother is. The closest thing that she has to a friend.
0: Yeah. Hmm. And because also it gives us the opportunity to now see Sue interacting with, you know, Mother and with other characters that were part of the narrative throughout the first season but didn't necessarily cross paths with with your character um, I actually wanted yeah. to ask about that in relation to the way that you worked with Shane Meadows because you know he really loves doing workshops and and really kind of that idea of rehearsing everything but the scene that you're filming so that you develop this muscle where you kind of know exactly how your character is going to respond with any situation that they're thrown into and I was interested if that's kind of developed a certain skill set for you or or tools that you still lean into so that when you're working on a show like this and suddenly you're stepping into really intimate scenes with a character like mother that you just already have that instinct of well I know how Sue's going to respond to this situation because I've already thought about you know all these different scenarios and all these different potential spaces that she could end up in
1: yeah it was interesting on the virtues because you know as as you said Shane works in a way where he workshops beforehand and that's that's how he's figuring out the story and, and the narrative and you know who we're going to follow and so um, that was like one of my first kind of big jobs and it gave me that grounding of going, not just looking at a script, but just looking idly at your, or singularly at your character and going this is, that's all, that's all I'm focusing on you have to, or I felt this is my approach to it, but it's like, you look at it and go, well what if that character was did bump into that person how would they react? And in those early workshops with Shane, when we were, you know, workshopping The Virtues, there was, you know, we, I I had scenes with like, um, I had scenes like, we, we just tried out every scenes with every, all the other characters. And by doing that, you're like, you're just asking yourself more questions as the character and you're being challenged. And so you need to like, challenge them as much as the character so that you know, when things things always change. Things always change on set, locations change, script changes, and so that you're you know, you are prepared to think I think you know, your character might have been scared of the water at one point and now it's like actually we're actually gonna shoot this on a boat, take away the whole you know, fear of water, and you're like, Okay, oh, hey, I need to roll with this. So, you know, it's it's the idea of like committing to certain choices, but not taking that as gospel and you have to be open to change and you know Michael Smiley you know taught me that you know it's it's all about embracing and committing it's like you know embrace the changes but commit to the moment and you know if you kind of half attempt something it it just looks like you're not you can kind of you can sense that you can sense that in a performance so it's like Right, you you just have to go for it, (laughs) and if you get it wrong, it's not the end of the world. We're not like saving lives; we're we're telling stories.
0: I think that's so wonderful, and especially in relation to working on a show like this, where there are so many details flying at you. And I've been so impressed by watching your your performance so far, and the first couple of episodes of the second season are fantastic. So I can't wait to see where we go on this journey with you the rest of season two. Thank you so much, Neve. Just wait and see; it's gonna be
1: it's wild. It is wild.